0: Babes, guess what? We have a new segment on the block. It is Wednesday, and that means that we are launching the newest segment of the Babe AF podcast called Women to Watch, where I sit down and chat with some of the most badass babes in their industry, babes that are blazing some trails, also some babes that are really just getting some shit done and following their dreams and jumping into their passion projects. I'm so excited that you guys are here to listen on an additional episode this week And uh, stay tuned and make sure to follow them on social media when you're done um, and give them all the support that they deserve. Thank you so much. And I can't wait for you guys to see who's up next.
1: When I spoke to you last at Christmas, I asked you all, whatever your religion, to pray for me on the day of my coronation to pray that God would give me wisdom and strength to carry out the promises that I should then be making. Throughout this memorable day, I have been uplifted and sustained by the knowledge that your thoughts and prayers were with me. I have been aware all the time that my people's spread far and wide throughout every continent and ocean in the world, were united to support me in the task to which I have now been dedicated with such solemnity. Many thousands of you came to London from all parts of the Commonwealth and Empire to join in the ceremony. But I have been conscious too of the millions of others who have shared in it by means of wireless or television in their homes all of you near or far have been united in one purpose it is hard for me to find words in which to tell you of the strength which this knowledge has given me The ceremonies you have seen today are ancient, and some of their origins are veiled in the mists of the past. But their spirit and their meaning shine through the ages, never perhaps more brightly than now. I have in sincerity pledged myself to your service, as so many of you are pledged to mine. Throughout all my life, and with all my heart, I shall strive to be worthy of your trust. In this resolve, I have my husband to support me. He shares all my ideals and all my affection for you. Then, although my experience is so short, and my task so new, I have in my parents and grandparents an example which I can follow with certainty and with confidence. There is also this, I have behind me not only the splendid traditions and the annals of more than a thousand years, but the living strength and majesty of the Commonwealth and empire of societies old and new, of lands and races different in history and origins, but all, by God's will, united in spirit and in aim. Therefore, I am sure that this, my coronation, is not the symbol of a power and a splendour that are gone but a declaration of our hopes for the future. And for the years I may, by God's grace and mercy, be given to reign and serve you as your queen. I have been speaking of the vast regions and varied peoples to whom I owe my duty, but there has also sprung from our island home a theme of social and political thought, which constitutes our message to the world, and through the changing generations has found acceptance both within and far beyond my realms. Parliamentary institutions, with their free speech and respect for the rights of minorities, and the inspiration of a broad tolerance in thought and its expression, all this we conceive to be a precious part of our way of life and outlook. During recent centuries, this message has been sustained and invigorated by the immense contribution in language, literature, and action Of the nations of our commonwealth overseas. It gives expression, as I pray it always will, to living principles as sacred to the crown and monarchy as to its many parliaments and peoples. I ask you now to cherish them and practice them too. Then we can go forward together in peace, seeking justice and freedom for all men. As this day draws to its close, I know that my abiding memory of it will be not only the solemnity and beauty of the ceremony, but the inspiration of your loyalty and affection. I thank you all from a full heart. God
0: bless you all. All right, you guys. It doesn't get any freaking better than that. And I'm so thankful that y'all were patient with me last week. Um, If you haven't guessed, that was Queen Elizabeth II, her inauguration speech, coronation speech. I'm not exactly sure what label goes here. But... 1953, such a dynamic woman over the 70 years that she reigned as queen. As you guys know, she passed earlier this month. And so I'm going to continue the latter half of the 70 royally fascinating facts about Queen Elizabeth II um, from Corinne Heller's article for E! News. And then there's going to be some fun little snippets at the end. So um, let's just dive right back in. Um, I ended at number 45. And so that means today it's going to start with 46. Also, if you don't know who I am. Hi, I'm Jess. I am host of this podcast, the baby F podcast. If you're new here, um, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, go back and listen to a couple of episodes. There's like 133 you need to catch up on. (laughs) All right. This is 134 today. I believe if I've added correctly, that's where we are. Um, And actually, it's episode 133. So you have to go back 132 episodes. My B. But I wanted to dive in to some really fun facts about QE2. Um, Mary Windsor, all of the things. Um, So here we go. But first... Hang tight. There's an ad coming. (laughs) All right, babes. Welcome back. Welcome back. I found my place. So, number 46. Um, And I'm just going to read them on top of one another until we're at 70. Um, And there's going to be some additional awesome resources at the end as well. Displaying in the show notes where everything came from. Snippets. Fun things, all the good good, uh until my chicken gets here. So we have a little bit of time together.
1: <laughs> you guys
0: ever have side note, y'all ever have those days where you're like, I really need to eat some crunchy chicken fingers and all of the sides? Well, Dukesy ordered all of the sides and a little bit of chicken. So I'm stoked about that. Um anyway, can you tell am hungry? <laughs> all right, number forty six. She also gave pudding to employees who worked at the palace's court post office within the palace. Police distributing about $1,500 a year. Now, I can get on a train like this, you guys. Like, two, two, beep, beep, sign me up. Love pudding. And it's probably English pudding, if that is a thing, which I've never had. Um, But I love all puddings. Snack packs, red pudding, you name it. Tapioca. I've been eating chia seeds lately. Love it. All of it magical. Let's go. All right. Um, You've got mail. In 1976, Queen Elizabeth II became the first monarch to send an email, which was sent during a network technology demonstration at the Royal Signals and Radar Establishment. That's pretty cool, huh? Um, Almost 40 years later, she posted her first personal tweet, which read, quote, it was a pleasure to open the Information Age Exhibition today at the Science Museum, at Science Museum. And I hope people will enjoy visiting Elizabeth R. Um, Cool. I love that she's on board with technology and doesn't act like previous presidents of the United States of America. Okay, I digress. Next up, it's clear the Science Museum held a special place in her heart, as it's also where the Monarch made her first Instagram post. Today, I had the pleasure of learning about children's computer coding initiatives, and it seems fitting to me that I published this Instagram post at the Science Museum. Smart bird. She wrote in 2019 while sharing an archive photo of her great-great-grandfather, which has long championed technology innovation and inspired the next generation of inventors. Elizabeth R. Uh, for those of you wondering, the R in Elizabeth R. stands for Regina, which is Latin for king. Cool queen. Sorry, which is Latin for queen. I can't read. At this point, you likely think the queen and the and think of her corgis. As it turns out, when she was 18, she received her first pup named Susan, and since then, all of her corgis have been descendants of. Susan, how cute is that? How many descendants, you ask, exactly? Her Majesty has owned at least 30 corgis and a number of dorgies, which is a cross between a dachshund and a corgi. (laughs) Oh, my God, cute little dog butts running around. (laughs) She technically owned a lot of swans, too, according to the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds. Quote, an unmarked mute swan on the River Thames is regarded as belonging to the queen by default. Plus, she received many animals as official gifts, including two pygmy hippopotami from President Tubon of Liberia, a sloth and two black jaguars from the prefect of Brasilia, and an African forest elephant from President Adigeo of Cameroon, all of which were sent to the ZSL London Zoo, with the elephant later relocating to the Royal Zoo, rural, SAR Zoo of whipsnade, whipsnod, w-h-i-p-s-n-a-d-e. I'm probably saying that wrong. And last but not least, she loved horses, receiving her pony Peggy at the age of four. Over the years, she owned and bred a number of thoroughbreds with her horses winning quite a few races. In 2013, for instance, her Course Estimate won the Royals Ascot's Gold Cup, making it the first time in history a reigning monarch took home the trophy. Bravo! You know we love a win. You know we love a win. Competition is legit and fun over here. All right, 56. Here we go. The Queen loved photography and snapping pictures of her family. The same. Um, She also enjoyed Scottish country dancing and will host... Gillies Balls during her stays at her holiday home at Balmoral Castle in Scotland. This is also where she passed, if you guys don't know. If you ever wondered, yes, the Queen was on the shorter side, coming in at 5'4", according to the BBC. Over the years, the Queen was served by 15 British Prime Ministers, the first being Winston Churchill, as you guys heard earlier. The most recent, Liz Truss, who was appointed the Queen by the Queen days before Her Majesty's Passing. She also met 13 out of the last 14 U.S. presidents, with the exception being Lyndon Johnson. What's more, she was the first British monarch to address the U.S. Congress, which she did in 1991. From the start of her reign to 2016, the Queen received more than 3.75 million items of correspondence. That's mail, y'all. Woo! She also sent more than 230,000 messages to anyone in the UK. It's overseas realms and territories included who were 100 or older. She had her own personal flag adopted in 1960, which is blue with a gold design featuring her initial E with a royal crown encircled in roses. You could see it flying on the buildings, ships, cars, or aircrafts she occupied. That's how you know the queen is in, y'all. No need to call or summon, just look for the flag. Each year, the Queen welcomed more than 30,000 guests to garden parties held at Buckingham Palace and the Palace of Holyrood House. Holyrood House. Sorry. One of her favorite flowers was Lily of the Valley, which is featured in her coronation bouquet. Queen Elizabeth II appears on the coinage of at least 35 different countries. That's cool. She was also a member of the First Royal... The first member of the royal family to receive a gold disc from the recording industry. That's all thanks to the recording of her 2002 Golden Jubilee concert titled Party at the Palace with 100,000 copies selling out within the first week of its release. She was a total normal, relatable grandmother. Well, at least according to Prince Harry. I love their relationship, by the way. She is very funny, he says, but I think she gets it from my grandfather. (laughs) He also said during a 2012 interview with The Telegraph, adding later, my family is the same as any other family when it comes to humor behind closed doors, though I'd like to think I was funnier than my grandmother. And the last tip of the day is that um, the royally fascinating facts, not tip. Sorry, old habits. (laughs) Same habits, same podcast. Uh, Queen Elizabeth II died peacefully at Balmoral. september 8th 2022. and you guys know i have to post some great gowns up in the feed but for now i'm going to share some snippets of very interesting interviews from different various people around the internet um about queen elizabeth so here we go first up queen of jordan this first recording is from an interview from abc gma3 on Instagram, and it's Jordan's Queen Raina, R A N I A, discusses Queen Elizabeth II's influence on her. So here we go.
2: Welcome back to GMA3, everybody. If you've been watching, you know that Roebuck and I were on assignment uh, for the past week and a half. Uh, you could argue, of course, covering everything going on with Queen Elizabeth, all the, um, the morning period for her and the funeral as well. It was on Monday and one person at uh, that funeral was a woman who also found herself with the title of Queen at a pretty young age. Yes, Queen Rania of Jordan along with her husband King Abdullah honored the Queen in London and have now traveled here to New York for the UN General Assembly and other global events held this week here in this city and we have the honor and the pleasure to have Her Majesty Queen Rania Al Abdullah of Jordan for a network-exclusive interview. Your Majesty, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be back and to be having these face-to-face interviews again. It certainly as I, I joked with you that we could all be jet-lagged together as, know, as we, as we, as we uh, go through this interview. But I do want to talk about the Queen. Uh, I know you were able to be there at her funeral. But you've called the Queen a partner for Jordan and a dear family friend. What made Queen Elizabeth II special to you? she really meant a lot to all of us you know she was a pillar of strength and stability and when you look at her today you see that she there's a lot that political leaders can actually learn from her today you know she always remained above the fray above division above politics you know even in the fractious times she never took sides she never added to the rift she was always through her constancy and her commitment was always a source of comfort and so she really for me she was also a role model she she taught the world what it means to be queen And what was really special, and I'm sure you guys felt that too, is being in London, even though it was a very sad time, it was also a very reassuring time because you felt that not only was she a unifying force for her people in her lifetime, but she brought everyone together in her passing. I have never sensed that kind of sense of oneness, togetherness, sense of community among all those British people who were out there you know waiting for hours to 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 see her and to pay their respects no one has them to do that they did that because they loved her because they wanted to say thank you and in these divisive times that we live in, that was incredibly sh- reassuring. You said this world leaders can learn something from her. What would you like for world leaders in these times to learn from Queen Elizabeth? Well, when you look at when you look at her um, reign over 70 years, she never took her eye off the ball. She was always focused on serving her people. She made a promise to them to be there for them, and she was there for them in good times and in bad. Always a source of stability and strength and comfort. And th- nowadays when you look at leaders sometimes they're always focusing on the short term rather than the long term on building their brand rather than you know making progress for the people and we see a lot of you know populist re- rhetoric so maybe a lot of times it's about popular popularity rather than principle. She was steadfast in keeping to her principles and her values and never based her decisions on what would make her more popular in any given day. And I think there's something to be said about that, that kind of consistency and, you know, just always remaining close to the things that you believe in. And, And it should be pointed out, you were just 28 yourself when you became queen. And I'm curious, uh, you had someone, you mentioned she was a role model, Queen Elizabeth II II to look up to. Did she ever offer you any advice? Did you ever seek any advice from her? Yes, yes. And I I was saying earlier that she, you know, she's so humble that she wouldn't expect, you know, you to ask for her advice. But if you ask for it, she's very generous with it. And and, you know, when I first met her, I was still new to the job. And and she, you know, she told me the importance of always being there, uh, the sense of the sense of duty and discipline is so important. Paying attention to detail. You know, things don't just happen uh, because they do. You have to be on top of things. And, and she was just always very, very kind in, in her and always offered the guiding hand in general. Okay,
0: All right, you guys. A couple of takeaways from that is I love that she said she was steadfast, humble, and consistent. Um, we can obviously all learn from that. And sorry, I said Reina before and I meant Rania. The pronunciation for me today is a little bit uh, difficult. (laughs) I'm sleepy and hungry. So here we are. Not hangry, I promise. (laughs) All right, you guys. Next up, um, we have the incomparable uh, Barack Obama. And what I found really cool about this is that not only was it just one visit, but a couple that they had together. And I really appreciate his words that he's... Um, telling
3: us today, so here we go. The first time that I uh, met the Queen was visiting London. She reminded me very much of my grandmother, <laughs> which uh, surprised me, not just in appearance, but also in manner. Very gracious, but also no-nonsense, wry sense of humor. She could not have been more kind uh, or thoughtful to, to me and Michelle. Shortly thereafter, Michelle and Malia and Sasha, my two daughters, uh, had occasion to go back uh, to England. Buckingham Palace reached out and uh, Her Majesty had invited Michelle and the two girls to tea. She had then offered uh, the girls to drive in her golden carriage around the grounds of Buckingham Palace. Uh, it, It was the sort of uh, generosity uh, and uh, consideration that left a mark uh, in my daughter's lives uh, uh, that uh, that's still there. The Queen was an excellent listener. She had a genuine curiosity, although she was uh, impatient to get to the point. This is in two thousand and eleven, and we'd been invited to a state dinner at Buckingham Palace. State dinners at Buckingham Palace, are a little different than state dinners everywhere else. The Queen was dressed up quite a bit for the state dinner, <laughs> and um, it was a little bit uh, concerning for Michelle because, as a gift to uh, her Majesty, uh, Michelle had selected a small, modest uh, brooch of nominal value we reciprocated the following evening with a dinner that we hosted at uh, the american embassy but the one thing we immediately notice is that she's wearing the brooch that michelle had given and it was an example of the subtle uh, thoughtfulness uh, that she consistently displayed not just to us but uh, everybody who she interacted with she was very mindful of uh, guests at Buckingham Palace, not overstaying their welcome. She was looking at her watch and at some point said, well, okay, it's time to go. And uh, the same was true uh, as a guest, she wasn't interested in overstaying her welcome. She looked at her at her watch at a certain point and said, all right, uh, I, I think we need to wrap this up. The combination of a sense of duty and a, a clear understanding of her role Uh, as a symbol for a nation and as the carrier of a certain set of values, uh, combined with a a very human quality of of kindness and consideration. Um, I I think that's what made her so beloved, not just uh, in Great Britain, but uh, uh, around the world.
0: I love both of these because they both chat about her dutiful, um, demeanor and the way that she just presented herself in such a graceful and humble manner, humble manner. There we go. Um, oftentimes we get so mixed up in like all these things that you learn as a kid, right? Manners, treating people nicely, being humble in, in instances where you need to, but I also appreciate that she's very diligent about time. (laughs) You are done here you can can't stay and you can't make this your home (laughs) but also i'm about to leave like i love that um spontaneity in the moments there so I want to thank you guys for being so diligent and awesome in all the episodes I've recorded thus far. This is 133 of the Babe AF Podcast, Women to Watch Wednesday, and I know I'm cutting it a little bit short today, but I wanted to, number one, uh, let you guys know that my dinner has arrived, so (laughs) I'm hungry, and I'm going to go eat all the sides. Um, It's going to be a good time. I'll try to throw in some green vegetables in there just to be sure, because I do have to go to a doctor's appointment tomorrow. But I'll keep you guys posted about all of that. And I can't wait for you guys to hear part one of Friday's episode, which is how to create your own fairy tale. I'm basically breaking down the autonomy of what the fuck is in fairy tales and how we can do it for ourselves without having a prince or princess charming. So here we go. Stay tuned. I'll see you guys uh, next time make sure to turn in next Wednesday for another episode of a bomb ass babe. So hope you guys enjoyed. Please give your thoughts, rate, review, uh, subscribe, like, share, all that good shit. And I'll see you guys next time. Love ya.